This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. I'm sad I'm to our listeners. Welcome to Saturday News number 891. So I'm Glob Moria, and I offer my most loving and humble pranams at Lord's feet of Abhilabad Bhagwan, Sri Shatta Sai Baba. Today we'll be hearing an interview that took place on the 21st of May 2021 between uh, Brother Ten Henry and Sanjay Mahalingam of Prasanti. So this is uh, part one of that program. We have three, three parts of it. You know, it's considered by most, if not all to be Sri Satasai Baba's most profound teaching, discovering the truth of who you are and embracing the most profound question in life, who am I? One of the Baba's students, this is Sanjay Mahalingam, he got his PhD uh, and now devoting a significant part of his life to assisting others in understanding his lesson. It is the lesson of self-inquiry, self-discovery, and in the truest sense, self-awareness. Dr. Lingam uh, is now an assistant professor at the university he graduated from, which is the Sisetasai Institute of Higher Learning in Sai Baba's ashram in Prasanti, India. In this interview, one quickly discovers that Dr. Sanjay's passion for self-understanding. So let's uh, hear Ganesh Bhajan and then we'll get straight into part one.
Sanjay, welcome to Sojourns. It's a delight to have you with us. I've been looking forward to this. I hope you have been too. Same here, Ted. Looking forward to talking to you. Thank you for having me. I'd like to begin by asking a couple of follow-up questions to some of the excellent points you made. In an interview, an interview with Sai Baba, he said to you, every answer that your mind finds to a question will simply lead to a thousand more questions. And then he said, ignore all those questions and fill your mind with just one question. And I knew before I heard you say it, what that question was going to be, Sanjay. He said, the only question is, who am I? It gave me goosebumps when I heard you say it, because that's where Jody and I and many other side devotees and other people we know who are not side devotees are moving towards more and more. Did you know instantly what that meant? Swami's words are always like that. There are so many dimensions to it. So you discover more and more of it as you discover more and more of yourself. So it's always an ongoing process. Like something Swami said to me in 2005, it made a certain sense to me. In 2009, when I was a different person, it made a completely different sense to me. And today, I look at it in a completely different way. So of course, Swami's words reveal more and more layers, you know, as more and more layers of yourself you discover. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it did make sense to me, but it makes a lot more, uh, it's a lot more insightful to me today where I sit. Well, you said that now twice. Today, it means something different. What does it mean to you that it's insightful today? Yeah. So, you see, as I started experiencing who I am, or rather, who I truly am started seeping into my experience, the first thing that really hit me was that we all live in a world of in a world of words. All of us. You know, we live in this world of I know. And that was the first shock I got when I really realized that I simply don't know anything at all. <laughs> I simply don't know anything. In fact, nowadays when people ask me questions, increasingly I find myself at a loss of words. I find myself increasingly unable to communicate what I truly want to communicate because I just really don't know. And not only do I not know, all that is of value value to me and value to anybody is actually unknowable. All of us are swimming in an ocean of ocean of unknowable mystery. And to be comfortable with it and to live in harmony with this unknowable, unknown mystery is a very powerful way to live. So I realized that really... I I don't know if this is the right way to put it. Everything the mind says, from a point of view, it's a lie. And I'm not qualifying the statement. Everything is a lie. From, you know, from uh, the point of view of consciousness, for lack of a better phrase, everything the mind tells is simply a lie. And it can be safely ignored. You know, so the whole... The whole thing is, you know, we believe the mind and then we're trying to change the mind and then we're trying to transform the mind and we're trying to transform our experience of life. In all this, who we are escapes our attention. So basically, if you know, it's like this. Now, if I really don't know anything at all, what is there to do? the mind automatically becomes absolutely silent and you become completely available to this moment and you become completely available to who you are. And therefore, as a natural consequence, the question arises from the heart, who am I? 
what am i doing here where have i come from where am i going what's my purpose who the hell am i i mean what am i really doing here you know so automatically the mind starts to dive deep and uh, it starts to gain the power to rest in the absolute but the, the key thing is to see that we don't know anything mm-hmm. but, but we create this i'm so sorry we create this mind induced bubble of certainty whereas life is really uncertain see for example now this covid thing is happening and everybody is coming face to face with this uncertainty and we don't know what to do with it mm-hmm. but life has always been uncertain that's why swami said you no know, love my uh, uncertainty no, nothing about life is ever certain nothing about life is ever known but we create this mind induced idea of certainty that i know i got it i understand labels categories you know oh yeah i i understood i got it all figured out but we haven't <laughs> we really haven't <laughs> it's a long process and it sounds to me like you're hitting at that perhaps you've got a step ahead of many of us who are still struggling with that baba's given us a couple of clues along the way about what you're speaking here and and uh, one of them is you know repeat after me i am god i am god i am no different than god well that almost sounds like a cliche i've heard it so many hundreds if not thousands of times if not from baba from other people yet there's real depth there there's real meaning there if you want to stop and look at those words and take it seriously and i i i just wonder how much like like little pieces of breadcrumbs he drops along the way that presents the answer unfolding for us if we only bother to look you've bothered to look what have you found so you see the swami is the statement i am god it is um, it's quite powerful you know first thing about swami was that in again for lack of a better phrase swami was mass avatar he came for everyone he came for the billions so swami said many things in various different contexts right but it is for us based on our temperament on our proclivity that we choose and pick the essential teachings of bhagwan which is most important for us to grow and by the way i will be using the words bhagwan swami sai baba interchangeably they all refer to bhagwan shri tetra sai baba <laughs> so uh, you know so when swami said i am god it's fine it's it's okay it's a positive affirmation but a way more powerful inquiry and i'm differentiating inquiry from the word affirmation here is who am i because mm-hmm. the moment you say i am god it is an answer and when you have an answer inquiry stops because you know who are you i am god what else to do now <laughs> but when you don't know who you are there is a never ending inquiry and who am i is a question without an answer it mm. does not have an answer if you found an answer you found a roadblock how do you make sense of that question then it is not to be made sense of that's it. the whole point see the mind loves to make sense of everything <laughs> right inquiry is for dissolution inquiry is to dissolve not to make sense of it because as long as we're trying to make sense of it we will remain trapped in the mind it is impossible for a mind that loves to make sense of things to rest in the absolute impossible so this desire to make sense of something this desire to understand this desire to define it in our mind this is what stops the process of deep inquiry 
So the first thing is to let go the desire to know, to understand, and to simply be willing to willing to be able to jump. Just dive deep. You know, completely. Just simply dive. So. When Swami says, "I am God," see, it's like this: when the mind is very chaotic, suppose the negative impulses are very strong, then probably it's a useful affirmation. It brings you bring certain order to the mind. So, you know, in that context, Swami might have said. But Swami also said, in fact, I have spoken of this many times in many talks. In two thousand six, Kodaikanal, once thirty um, of us were sitting around Swami, and Swami asked this question: "Who am I?" Swami asked this question, pointing to himself: "Who am I?" and then answers were flying thick and fast and you know people said swami you are love and swami said no kadu in telugu he said kadu then you know many answers flew thick and fast and i remember one particular answer that person said swami you are paripurna avatara which means in english you are the absolute divine incarnate and swami said adu kade kadu i am definitely not that <laughs> and finally we all gave up and then swami said i am i So he used nenu, the phrase. Yeah. He used the exact phrase "nenu nene" in Telugu, which means "I am I." That's all. That's all. Stop adding labels. I am this. I am that. I am simply I. Um, once to me in the interview room, and I'm sure to many, many, countless other people, he has said the same thing. So, who is Ted? Well, there are three Teds. Uh, you know, there's the Ted that Sanjay thinks he knows. In the brief time that we've had a chance to size one another up, you've you've got an opinion or a, an observation, um, and then there's the Ted that I think I know, and then there's the real Ted. As many times as I've heard that story, I don't think I've ever heard Baba say a whole lot about who you are. He sort of opens the door and waits for you to start passing through it to ask of him in your heart, if not face to face. And I think that's part of part of the illusory game. He calls it a drama. He calls it a play. See, Ted, there is a reason why Swami never gave the answer to the question "Who am I?" Because the moment Swami gives an answer, we will make it a concept. We will make it a mental concept. Like, for example, I am God. You know. So, and there, inquiry stops. Not only inquiry, even spiritual growth kind of. stops you you lose access to the transcendent reality of who we are so all that swami can really do all that any master can actually do is to invite you to undertake the process of self inquiry you know i i used to be into lot of books till about 2007 and again i have mentioned this many times in many talks and swami used to encourage me i was a bit of i had become a bit of a scholar in indian scriptures the upanishads the vedas the works of shri adi shankaracharya and i i used to read a lot and swami used to read 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 but in 2007 swami said make a bundle of all your books and throw it in the river even though there never, is no water in the river yeah exactly and i never read a book since that day and till today now what 13 14 years i haven't read a book i haven't really? picked up a spiritual book with the intention of reading it of course sometimes book some books you know they just come into your hands and you might just flip through a few pages but i haven't picked a book so because there is that? nothing sorry so why did he say that to you because there is nobody no master however great no book however wonderfully written no word however beautifully expressed no thought however profound it is can give us the slightest clue of who we are mm. 
because everything that is the answer every answer to the question who we are is only a stumbling block because the moment you get an answer in the inquiry you are supposed to ask, we should ask who got the answer and again that answer comes oh i got the answer oh so who am i and then you go deeper so it is like this it is like an infinite well you can only fall into it you cannot reach the bottom <laughs> but then that is the joy the mind loves certainty it needs to know so what's at the end of this tunnel nothing it's an infinite tunnel we can fall into it and dissolve in the absolute it is like the wave becomes the ocean so it is like this you know there was a great um, um, sufi mystic in india called kabir das i don't know if you have heard of him a few no. centuries back very very great yogi and a mystic kabir he used to say in 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 his language i'll translate it for you he said when i am there the guru is not and now that the guru is there i am not okay so as ramana maharishi would say you know it's like when we when, you know in in that i am not so that is really nobody to to of course once we we see the absolute then we then the experience draws we can draw it into the mind then try to make sense of it and then we can even verbalize it but the experience itself the the abidance itself in the absolute is wordless thoughtless answerless and it is it is just what it is Let's move on along this same line, if we might. Oh, Bapa nice. also told the boys, perhaps the same boys in your presence at the same time, the story of Buddha, who also asked of himself, "Who am I?" Seems to be a, a popular phrase. That same question, obviously, was posed by Ramana Maharshi back in 1902 to a, a young reporter or journalist who wanted to put his thoughts and words of wisdom into book form. And 20 years later, it came out as the book. who am i well the question i want to know is why has it taken so long for still relatively speaking only a handful of people to be aware of the concept and willing to engage in the practice of self inquiry in one word a willingness most of us most of humanity is still very interested in the drama of the mind which is fine there is no judgment we are gods we can choose to play the game as long as we want to play but many people even most of almost 99% and i'm just throwing this number mm-hmm. percent of even those people who claim to be spiritual who claim to be on the path really are only trying to improve their lives the content of their lives very few people are really willing to know life itself very few most people who claim i am on the path i want self realization i want to attain godhead or whatever they really it's not true they only say that but deep down what they want is to improve improve their story very few people are willing to go beyond the story and to know oneself again it's fine there's no judgment it's our choice it's our game our rules we, we are the only one really there's nobody else other than us so we can pretty much do what we want with our lives but that's that's why so few people actually uh, truly inquire into the nature of who we are because we just too interested in our thoughts we just 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 love our story <laughs> i got to be a nuisance with my family members and friends and relatives because even as a kid i'd go around asking who am i 
Baba lit the fire underneath me to start investigating more. Your case, as a young man, as a young boy, were you on a profound spiritual path or did you have a curiosity about such things that led you to where you are today? Uh, before I answer this question, I was qualified. I, I, I really have no use of the past. It, I have no use of it anymore. It, uh, you ask me, so I'll talk about it. But to sure. me, it, it makes a, a second before this second is dead wood. It makes no sense. It's not important. Right? Past has no hold over our ability, ability to be in presence in this, in this presence right now. But yeah, I remember I, I got introduced to Swami as, as a form because uh, from my grandmother, so we were a family of Sai devotees from very, very early on. So I think I was about 12 or maybe 10, 10, 12 years old when I heard, first heard the word, oh God, Sai Baba is God. And our house was the center because we had a big house. So we used to have regular bhajans and all that and steady circles and speeches. And I remember even as a 13, 14 year old, I used to wonder, what are these people talking about? Do they really know what they're talking about? And I used to wonder, and nothing of that used to make sense to me. I, I remember this very clearly. And people would say, oh, Swami is this, Swami is that, Swami is God. And, and I would like sit there and wonder, how can I get a deeper experience of Swami? All this is not making sense. And I'm, I'm, I know. And I had a great childhood, wonderful parents, terrific family, good upbringing. But somehow I was always deeply dissatisfied with my life. I remember this. There used to be a constant sense of lack and a kind of a misery which always used to accompany me. It, nothing was wrong with my life, but you know, somehow it, it used to be like that. And um, yeah, so that's, that's how it was before I actually landed up in Puttaparthi. Before I actually came to Puttaparthi, Swami was this exotic God, you know, that far away thing, you know, we could only aspire to be that or aspire to somehow get close. This magnificent exotic being distant then in 99 and 2001 uh, twice um, i had an opportunity again it's a long story in the interest of time i'll cut it short first time i had eye contact with swami in 99 in delhi and in 2001 in puttaparthi uh, swami just came in 99 to delhi and and there was an opportunity and swami just straight walked to me and just looked at me and, and just kept looking at me and i just fell in love and similarly, something happened in 2001 and 2002, I ended up in Parthi and instantly Swami just uh, embraced me. I mean, he literally physically and metaphorically completely embraced me and uh, he said, you are mine and I'm yours. That's it. You are my son and I'll take care of you forever. So he was like a parent. So the exotic Swami. Hmm? He was like Sorry? a parent for you. A parent. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he told me, he in fact told my, my physical, biological parents in the interview room that your children are my children from today. You can forget about them. Your children are my, I have a sister, younger sister. So referring to both of us, Swami said, your children are my children. Forget about them. <laughs> because my mom used to always worry, what happens is, will this boy get married? Will he find a job? What's going to happen to him? Swami said, don't worry. Your children, my children. You can forget about them. So, yeah. And then, so the, the, the exotic God became the loving, affectionate mother. Uh, providing for everything and you know but the joke is or I don't know now it looks like a joke my misery never left me hmm. sitting even in the interview room I had the world at my feet literally I was you know again lack of a better phrase I was the chosen one I used to be in and out of the interview room all the time I used to travel with Swami 
you know four five times have traveled to with swami and everything and you know things that people would be craving for but that deep sense of misery deep sense of something is lacking simply never left me in fact swami once affirmed it in an interview and uh, swami asked what do you want i said swami i want you i want to be always with you and then swami he said pointing to himself he said this also will not satisfy you sir he said like that you know so this also will not satisfy by this i i now i i understand he's talking about the form and the personality mm-hmm. which we call sai baba this also will not satisfy you sir he said which which is so true in 2007 2008 what happened something remarkable happened to me and suddenly dawned on me that the quality of my life is not determined by how much money i have what education i have it is not even determined by how many interviews swami gives me it is not even determined by how much swami loves me okay dear listeners so we have come to the end of part 1 so next week uh, we'll find out from sanjay uh, quality of life what it is depend on so sad i'm to you all see you next week Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.